Um, a very warm welcome and good morning to this morning service at Beckles Baptist Church. My name is Tom Fanning and my privilege to welcome you here as we meet to praise the Lord Jesus. I want to welcome you very especially if you're joining us online. This service is being live streamed on YouTube. We've been praying that the technology will play for us and um, play in order. And our hope and prayer is that that's the case. And that those of you who are watching online feel very much a part of things while we meet like this, both in the building and at the same time in your own homes. Um, a few housekeeping rules for those who are here in the building, just to say that there is a one-way system in operation, so please do make sure that if you need to go out at any point, you go through the main entrance. If you need the, to use the ladies or the gents, you need to go out and then back in through the side door, um, but please do observe the one-way system as you go. That helps us not run into each other um, unnecessarily. Um, children are very welcome to be part of our service. It's great to have some of you here. Um, you are free to play with quiet toys where you're sat. If you end up making some noise, that's absolutely fine. And if at any point you need to make your way out to make use of the creche, you can do that at the church hall at the rear of the premises. You'd be very welcome um, to make use of that. But please do take your own toys as you head that way. Um, just to let you know the length of the service, we're planning it to be 45 minutes. Um, and... With the services at the moment, we're unable to do as much mingling before and after the services we would have liked. So what we're going to do in a moment is we'll welcome everyone who's here in the building. And we'll also be hearing news from um, Clive and Gail um, and hearing how we can be praying for them. Um, I know that wearing masks is a strange thing at the moment. Um, we're all having to bear with that. I'm comforted by what Roald Dahl has to say in Danny, the Champion of the World, where he says that... Um, you really smile with your eyes more than you smile with your mouth. And you can always tell if someone's lying in their smiling with their eyes. An eye smile is a real smile. So you can still smile at each other with our eyes, even if we're wearing masks. And maybe you, you can look jealously at the snazzy design someone else is wearing on their mask too. Well, I'm going to read some verses from the Bible, um, and then we're going to begin our service. This is from 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 31. And this we read in our church daily Bible reading planned just yesterday and this is what it says so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do do it all for the glory of God everything we do in life should have the concern that we bring God praise and glory and it's our desire that our service would do just that so let's bow our heads and pray that God would help make that so our Father in heaven, we want to thank you that you are just the greatest. We thank you for your power in all that's made, for your kindness in your son who came to die for us. And we pray that everything of our service today would resound to the glory and praise of Jesus. Please help us. Please would you help Peter as he comes and leads and preaches in a moment. And we pray that you would make us all more like the Lord Jesus. For we ask these things in his name. Amen. Let me just briefly go around the room and say hello to everyone. Barry and Linda sat at the back. Lovely to have you here. Alan and Julie, it's your first service here with us. Lovely to have you here too. Kev and Nikki, great to have you here. Um, then we've got Tim and Morris. Um, Morris, as ever, wearing a tie and looking smart. Great to have you here, Morris. Florin and Midu, lovely to have you here. Um, Jane and Brian and Marilyn who've been taking our temperatures as we've come in. Then on the front row, we've got the Fairborn family, Ruth and Jeff and Sammy, hello, and Esther, Jackie and Beth, 
Ian and Sandra, on the desk, Nick and Matthew and Charlie, and then in the back corner, Peter, Doug, Toby, Luke, Emily, and Daniel, John and Lorna, lovely to have you here, Eric, Stella, and Josh, great to have you here, and up in the gallery, Paul and Jane again, great to have you here. Peter, over to you. Good morning. It's lovely to be with you. And we're going to start uh, our series in Philemon in a moment. We're looking uh, for three weeks at this tiny letter uh, tucked away in the New Testament. Uh, but before we read it uh, and look at it together, we are going to remind ourselves who we are and what we're doing uh, by actually reading together some verses from Scripture. We're not allowed to sing, but this is something we can do together. So on the screen in a moment, it's going to come to words from Matthew chapter 12. It's uh, an encounter that Jesus has. Uh, with some people in a house. And I'm going to read the bits uh, that aren't in bold, and together, with masks on please, uh, we'll read the bits that come up in bold. So this is who we are, this is why we're here. While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside, wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside, wanting to speak to you. He replied to him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Now we are in a moment going to turn to uh, Philemon. But before we do that, we need to find out a little bit more about the backdrop to this short letter. And then Marilyn will come and read for us. We start looking at the letter to Philemon. We need to look at the situation, the background that caused the letter to be written. Let's rewind. This is Philemon. Philemon was the master and owner of a big household in Colossae. So big, in fact, that it's probably where the church had their meetings. It was that big. That's Philemon. This is Onesimus. Onesimus was Philemon's slave. That meant Onesimus was owned by Philemon. It meant he worked for him. It meant he did jobs for him. Actually, Onesimus' name means useful because he was meant to be useful for Philemon. Now, we don't know whether Onesimus was born as a slave or whether he was bought as a slave or, or whether he just handed himself over to become one later in life. But we do know this, that something went badly wrong in this household. Now, it might have been that Onesimus felt he, or had done something wrong. Maybe, in fact, uh, Onesimus felt someone had done something wrong to him. But whatever the problem, Onesimus ran away from his master. He ran away. And on his journeys, amazingly, Onesimus bumped into Paul, the Apostle Paul, who's a famous missionary who told people about Jesus. And again, we're not sure whether Onesimus deliberately went to find Paul or whether he just bumped into him by accident, even in prison. 
But somehow he got to meet Paul in prison and he got to hear about Jesus from Paul in prison. And then Onesimus decided that he too would follow Jesus like Paul. And because Onesimus had joined Jesus's family too, and Paul was already part of Jesus's family, well, Paul and Onesimus, they were like this. They were like family, like father and son together. Now, it was around this time that Paul had heard about the church back in Colossae. And he wanted to encourage them, to write to them. He'd heard such good things and he wanted to say, well done, keep going. And so his plan was to write the letter to the Colossians and give it to Onesimus to bring back to Colossae. But can you spot the problem? How did Onesimus leave Colossae? Well, it wasn't good. He'd run away. He'd be in trouble. And the question would be, well, how would Philemon treat him? How should he receive him? Would he receive him and welcome him? And so Paul has to write another letter to Philemon. And he gives this letter to Onesimus and he sends him back with both the letters to Philemon. And Paul's answer to Philemon is, Philemon, you should treat Onesimus like a brother. And we're going to see a bit more of that as we read it now and in the next few weeks. Uh, bring them if you can. They will come up on the screen, the verses that we're going to read as well. And Marilyn Pettit's going to read for us we're, uh, in Philemon, verses 1 to 7. If you can't find it, it's just before Hebrews, if that helps you. Philemon, verses 1 to 7. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother. To Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker, also to Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers, because I hear about your love for all his people, all your holy people, and your faith in the Lord Jesus. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. Amen. Well, do keep that open. Let's ask God's help as we come to hear him. Father, we thank you for the family that you have made us in the Lord Jesus. I thank you that you have spoken to us through him. And we pray that we would be those who hear your words and do your will and live as your people. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And pop this down. Right. Well, we are in the letter to Philemon. We think of books in the Bible as books, but we've got to remember it's a letter. I imagine this is the kind of thing that would have been sent in the hand of Onesimus, handed to Philemon. 
And it's not just a letter to Philemon, one individual. I don't know if you noticed that as Marilyn read. It's a letter to Philemon and Aphia and Archippus and to the whole church. It's a letter for the church. It's a letter for people who were formed together as a community by Jesus, but facing conflict, potential division, an explosive argument could happen any minute. And because of this, because it's a letter to a church, it's actually a letter to us, to Beckles Baptist Church too. Because we too are a community that has been formed by Jesus, a family. And we too are a family that could be threatened by conflict, big or small, maybe just a potential argument. That could happen somewhere in the future, but we want to avoid. And so this letter is written for us too. It's a letter to a person and to a church, and it's a letter. Well, let's see what it's about, okay? It's a letter about love. Specifically, the love shaped life. Now, if you've read Philemon at all, I think, if you haven't, I'd encourage you. It takes about five minutes. Why not read it a couple of times this week? It's a letter about love, even in its feel. It just feels like Love, the way that Paul talks, his tone, he's gentle and kind and gracious. In its feel, it's about love, but actually in the focus and what it's talking about, it's about love. In verses 1 to 7, Paul praises Philemon for his love. In verses 8 to 16, he appeals to him on the basis of love. And then verses 17 to the end, he says, Philemon, this is what love will look like. It's a letter to Philemon about love, the love-shaped life. Now, I've raided my Play-Doh stores, well, my children's Play-Doh stores today. And I want you to imagine that we are, as individuals, like little blobs of Play-Doh, maybe a stretch of the imagination for some around here. So what Jesus does, he takes these individual blobs of Play-Doh people and joins them to himself and to each other into a community. Now, at this point, we're not individuals, we're a community. But usually when we play Play-Doh, we want to shape it into something. Don't know what you might choose. Here are a selection that I have got. You probably won't be able to see them. But I've got a tractor here, very appropriate here for Suffolk. We've got... A house, you could shape your Play-Doh blob like a house or like some flowers. But what Paul is aiming to do in this letter is to shape this blob of a community into a love-shaped community so that we become increasingly shaped like that in our lives together. That is the aim of this letter. But of course, there's a problem, isn't there? Because conflicts and arguments, they can just mess up the Play-Doh. They can make it a bit blunt, move it out of shape. And so I want to encourage us as a church to be praying in these next three weeks as we read this letter, pray that we'd absorb it and live and breathe it and that we would have what I'm calling the, the Philemon feel, that our shared life would be a, a love-shaped life. That should be our prayer in these next few weeks. So this love-shaped life, what, what does it look like? It's all very well to talk about it. Well, Paul starts in verses 1 to 3 by saying, it looks like seeing each other rightly. Children, can you do that with me? Get your glasses. These are your gospel glasses. 
It starts by seeing each other rightly, verses 1 to 3. Because if you just read those uh, verses, we tend to see each other wrongly. And that's where conflict comes. We don't see each other, each other rightly. We look around. I know you're not allowed to speak to each other, but you're allowed to look around. If you're joining us online, uh, think about these people in your church family. And there will be some people that we really click with, that we get on well with, that we're friends with. And then there will be some people we're kind of acquaintances and we know we do stuff with. And then there will be people that we, honestly, we find quite hard to understand. And some people that we find quite hard to spend time with because they are different from us or they're difficult. Maybe we're the difficult ones. But it's because we see each other like that that it's hard to love each other. So this love-shaped life starts by seeing each other rightly. And until we do that, we can't love each other rightly. But do you see what Paul does? Verses 1 to 3. Do you see how he describes and sees this church? He's actually never met them. But he has these amazing glasses, gospel glasses. He can see like this. He sees people properly. He sees Timothy, who is described as his dear brother, There you go. He sees Philemon, dear Philemon, my dear friend. And also what? Philemon, my dear fellow worker. He's like, he's working on the same project. They're working together. He sees Philemon like that. To Afia, my dear, my dear sister. And the last one, Archippus, my fellow soldier. And it's only when we begin to see each other like this, see each other rightly, that we can love each other rightly. Because when we see someone as that difficult person over there, or the person who's just different to me, well, pretty soon you're going to give up on them because they probably will, will, will remain difficult and different, right? They're not necessarily going to change like that. So what needs to change is the way we see people. Because if we only think about the people who are like us, we we will give up on the people who are difficult and different, and we will gravitate towards those we get, those we click with. And those we click with very quickly becomes a click, a clique, a group, because we stick with the people that we know and love. And Paul's saying, no, no. This love-shaped life is a life together. You need to see each other rightly. And then we can love each other properly. Oh, hello, Ben. How are you? What? You, you don't look very well. What's, what's wrong? I am a bit cross. You'll never guess what Lucy's just done now. Actually, I bet you can guess. She always does it. Oh dear, that doesn't sound very good, does it? Well, uh, Ben, I'm not actually sure what Lucy has done wrong. Well, let me tell you. She was supposed to be helping me tidy up the church kitchen. But then she just wandered off and started talking to people. She always leaves me to clear up by myself. Oh dear, oh dear, Ben, That, that must be very hard. But do you know what might help you? It's a pair of these glasses. 
These huh? gospel glasses. Well, they just look like big glasses to me. No, Ben, they're not just big glasses. Well, they are big glasses, but they're not just big glasses. You see, it's actually helping you to see people differently. Now, Lucy might be annoying you. And if you keep seeing Lucy as that person who always talks and never washes up, you're going to get more and more annoyed with her, aren't you? But if you see Lucy differently, as Lucy, your sister in your family, as Lucy, your best friend, as Lucy, your co-worker working for Jesus together, fighting for Jesus together, then I think you might find you see her differently. And then you begin to love her, even if she doesn't do the things you want her to do. Oh, that sounds good. I'd like that. Let's have a go. Lucy! Lucy! <laughs> well, Ben's gone off to see Lucy rightly. And the prayer is that for Ben, that makes a big difference. Do you see what Paul is saying in the letter to Philemon? We're a family. We're fellow workers. Uh, if you've become a follower or a friend of Jesus, well, you're in the family with Jesus and with each other, which is a real blessing. That is one of the best things that Jesus has to offer. I don't know how your family has been in the past. I don't know what your experience of family is. What Jesus is saying, whatever that family has been like, whatever it is like, you can be part of my family. And we know the privilege of being part of that family if we follow Jesus. Maybe that for you, that might be something you want to do today that you don't know right now. Maybe it's something you're looking on at this church. Maybe online you think, I've heard about this church. I, I see the way they, they love each other and I can't quite explain it. Well, Jesus is saying here, it's because they're my family. And so they live like me. So we need to see each other rightly. That is the start to this love-shaped life. But second thing to see, this love-shaped life involves refreshing each other actively. Can you do that? Refreshing each other actively. Remember, imagine it's like a heat wave. You're sweltering. Because Paul is writing this letter to Philemon and saying, Philemon, I want you to live the love-shaped life. But if you were reading along and listening, it looks like Philemon is already living this love-shaped life. Look at verse 7. See what Paul says to him. Paul says, your love, Philemon, has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, you, Philemon, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. Philemon already seems to be living this love-shaped life. It's active. It's clearly active because someone has told Paul. And Paul's heard of it. He's not even there. So this is the kind of love that you can hear about and see and then tell other people about. It's active. But it's also refreshing. It's not just something you're kind of feeling. It's something you're doing for others. Refreshing. Paul is uh, saying, Philemon, you are like the equivalent of a fan on a sweltering hot day. Like that. Or an ice-cool drink of water just when things are tough. Paul is saying, Philemon, you're the spiritual equivalent of these, or like a dip in a cold swimming pool when it's sweltering. When life is hard and hot for people, Philemon is that kind of person. He's refreshing them actively. Now, I wonder whether you know people like that. You'll know people who aren't like that. You'll know people who, when you spend time with, actually, you feel drained and kind of lacking strength. They sap your energy. And I hope you know some people who, when you spend time with, you are 
refreshed, revived. It's like a plant that's been given some water and, and begins not to wilt anymore. Refreshed. Philemon, if he was around, uh, would be that kind of person. He would be the person writing notes, uh, giving people a quick phone call, uh, dropping an email, popping by just to see everything's okay, doing your washing because your washing machine's out of action, delivering a food uh, because you need it, uh, all these sorts of things. He, he wouldn't be necessarily force-feeding someone's scripture or kind of strong-arming them with it, but being around him would be infectious. His enthusiasm for Jesus would just rub off. This is the refreshing actively that the love-shaped life looks like. That's Philemon. That's the Philemon feel. Now, do we see this at Beckles Baptist Church? I hope that we're nodding our heads because, yeah, I think we do. And definitely over the past few months in lockdown, it really has been evident how people have been refreshing each other, not just doing things for people, but deliberately seeking to ease them, revive them, encourage them, help them. And it will be an ongoing challenge. It's a challenge for every church, isn't it, to actually love and refresh people. But especially when you can't even see people. That's when it will be a challenge. When you can't meet each other personally, in person, to see each other rightly and then to refresh each other actively, it's going to be a challenge. But it is something that we can do together. And I, I want you to look at verse 6 now, because don't miss the surprise. Paul says, I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective. Now, that sounds a bit bizarre. Children, I wonder if you have ever sat down at the table and said, Mum, can I have my uh, knife and fork, please? Or something. Only to realise that it's right in front of you, because you've already got it. You feel a bit silly, because you're asking for something you've already got. And it seems like Paul is asking for something he's already got. He's just praised Philemon for his love and his love-shaped life. And now he's praying for it. Why? Because Philemon's love is about to be put to the test in a way it hasn't yet been. Who arrives with this letter? Onesimus. Onesimus, the slave who ran away. Onesimus, the slave who probably stole things from Philemon. Onesimus, the slave who was a useless Slave, And here he is at the door, expecting to be welcomed back. Philemon's love is about to be put to the test. And as we go on in this letter, we'll see how our love will be put to the test. But verse 6, we are praying desperately for that. No wonder Paul prays that his partnership would be active and effective. Oh, hi Ben, back again. You don't look any happier. What, what, what's wrong? I really want to be like Philemon. He sounds amazing, but I don't know how to. And sometimes I don't want to. What do I do? Mm. Sounds like you want to know how to live this love-shaped life, Ben. Is that right? Yes, please. I really, really, really want to know. Oh, tell me, tell me, tell me. What's the secret? Well, Ben, the good news is it's not a secret. You see, the key to love is love. So God's love for us is the key to love for other people. Now, tell me then, uh, how much does God love you? Um, a lot. Yep. And how did he show that love to you? Um, 
Jesus came and died on a cross to forgive me and make me part of his family. Yeah, that's pretty good, isn't it? But what did you do to deserve that, Ben? Um, a little bit. Uh, actually, not much. Well, nothing really. Yeah, that's right. Nothing. See, the, God has shown us like a, a load of love, even though we've done a load of wrong. And Ben, can you see how that helps you to love Lucy? Oh, I see. If God loved me, though I did loads wrong, maybe I can love Lucy when she does loads wrong too. That's it, Ben. That's it. I mean, there's no way that we can live this love-shaped life if we don't know God's life-shaping love to us. How exciting! Right, I'm off to love Lucy properly, even if she can't stop chatting. Bye. <laughs> Great. Well, Ben is off to live what we've been talking about, this love-shaped life. And now it's for us, wherever we go to today, to do just that with our family, with our church family. Firstly, we've got to remember, it starts with seeing each other rightly. And then by refreshing each other actively. And you can't do any of that if you don't know God's life-shaping love for yourself. So we're going to pray that that will be what we do this week and in the weeks to come. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the feel of this letter, uh, the gentle, uh, kind, caring atmosphere uh, that is the mark of your people. We pray that this uh, letter of love would shape us to live lives of love, Please protect us from uh, kind of shortcutting, jumping ahead, trying to do it on our own strength. We know that we depend on you by your spirit to do that. But please open our eyes to see people rightly. Help us not to see them as a, a difficult or different, uh, but as our family, our fellow workers. And we pray that that would shape the way that we live together and love together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. One of the uh, privileges of being part of a family is that we get to share each other's burdens and blessings. Uh, we, in a moment, are going to hear from uh, Gail Hill, who's going to fill us in on life uh, for her and Clive. Uh, she's a member of the church family, as is Clive. And they've had a difficult few months. Uh, we're going to hear from them, what's been good, what's been bad, and then how we can pray for them. So it's going to come up on the screen in a moment. Hi, everybody at church and everybody listening at home. Clive says hi and uh, we miss you all. And we just wanted to um, share a few things with you um, about what's been happening with us throughout the lockdown. We've both so enjoyed listening to the sermons through uh, YouTube uh, of Beckles Baptist Church. They've been really encouraging to us and we've loved uh, listening to them all and uh, singing along at home with, with the playlists and also seeing all of our friends saying hello and the children as well. It's been great and really encouraging and it's really uh, kept us going and, and helped us through this difficult time as I'm sure it's helped many of you too. 
So we've been asked just to share a few things with you uh, about how um, our faith has helped us through the lockdown. I could talk for quite a while, but I'm not going to do that. And so it's just here's just a little brief summary, summary of, of how things have been for us in the last sort of five, six months. So at the moment, uh, I'm learning to play acoustic guitar. So I guess this could be a good or a bad thing. I don't know what Clive would say. He might he might agree with that. But he's been very patient listening to me. So maybe at a later date, I will share my guitar with you and play you something. So I'll let you decide whether that's a good or a bad thing. So going back to March, we went into lockdown. Bad. April, our first grandson, Rafferty, was born. This was definitely good. May, Clive's headaches were increasing and his visual problems were really quite scary at times and pretty hard for him to live with that 24-7. Definitely bad. June, Clive was admitted to hospital. Bad. Our little pet dog, Alfie, died. Bad. July, Clive's MRI scan. Result. Bad. Clive started his chemotherapy. Bad. August, Michael moved into his flat in Norwich. Definitely good. Clive's headaches have more or less gone. Amazing. Good. September. Clive's second course of chemotherapy has recently started. So I guess this could be good or bad for him. So good or bad, God has sustained us and he helps us every day, whether it's through prayer, through our daily readings, or through fellowship with you. We believe God is in control of our situation and that God's timing is always right. So we accept whatever happens because God will help us to bear it. So we want to thank you all for your love, your prayers, your cards, your gifts throughout this time. We really appreciate it. And it's really helped us. And it continues to help us. We have an amazing, loving church family. And we want to thank you for that. So please just continue to pray for us. And pray that the Lord will sustain us. And he will walk beside us as we trust in him. You, Lord are all I have and you give me 
all I need. My future is in your hands. And this is Psalm 16, verse 5. We miss you all and hope to see you soon. God bless. Bye. We're going to turn to pray for uh, that dear family now, um, as well as praying for um, Caring for Life, which is one of our mission partners, a charity based in Leeds, and the situation in Belarus, if you've been following the news recently. Let's pray. Our Father, we want to thank you for uh, Clive and Gail. Thank you so much for all they mean to so many of us in the family. And we praise you uh, that they have experienced that uh, Philemon feel that we've been just talking about, that love for one another and a refreshment uh, that uh, believers can give to each other. We thank you for all your kindnesses to them uh, alongside all the difficulties. Thank you, um, especially that Clive's headaches and his visual problems have um, uh, eased and that, that has made life a bit more um, uh, easy day to day. And we thank you for that. Thank you uh, for providing a flat for Michael as well to move out and um, for him to settle down there. And we thank you for the way that uh, they have just kept strong in the faith, kept trusting the Lord Jesus despite difficult times. And thank you for how aware they are of that as well. That's not something to take for granted, that they know that they have been growing in this time. And we pray that you would continue to show that to them. Uh, please use them as a great witness of the hope they have uh, under trial. And Father, we uh, pray as well for caring for life. Uh, thank you for the work that they do uh, for vulnerable adults uh, around the uh, Yorkshire area. We thank you for how you have managed to sustain them financially through this um, period of uncertainty uh, with the lockdown. And uh, we thank you that they've seen fruit from their ministries. Thank you for uh, news of uh, another two uh, young people who have turned and decided to follow Jesus for themselves uh, during this time. And thank you that you can use even the worst of uh, times during lockdown uh, to bring new life to people. And we pray that they would be sustained in the faith and walk with Jesus as they started walking with him. And uh, finally, Father, we pray for Belarus, uh, a country um, that seems so different to us right now, uh, under a communist dictator, uh, facing um, civil unrest and riots and uh, a real crackdown on any freedom of expression or religion. We pray uh, that you might bring peace to that country we pray that you might give wisdom to politicians and leaders and government. I pray that uh, you would remove any unjust, unfair leaders. And we pray that you might grant freedom to that church uh, there to live for you and to speak for Jesus. I pray that the way that they relate to the whole situation, to their leaders and to their trials and the violence around them, um, that you would help them to be a shining light in that nation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, it's been lovely to be with you. Thank you so much for joining us uh, together this morning. Uh, we've heard from Jesus' word. Uh, pray that you will hear his words and continue to listen to them this week. Um, one of the weird things about meeting his family is that we are not actually able to talk to each other as a family inside the building. Um, so before I give you the notices and we head off, just to say, please um, don't be afraid uh, to make the most of those small snippets of conversation that you might have outside of the church building as you walk to the car, maybe go for a coffee with someone, go uh, for a meal, invite someone over for a meal. You can do that there, even if you can't do it in here. 
A few things to point out for the week ahead. Uh, starting tonight, Sunday evening, 6.30 online on YouTube, we are restarting our evening services. Uh, Tom Fenning, our pastor, is picking up in the book of 1 Samuel. Uh, we followed the rise of Saul so far last autumn. Now it starts with the, the demise, the fall of Saul, uh, and that's 6.30 online. For children, uh, whether you're interested in this afternoon, there are some, there's an activity sheet and some playlists for songs on YouTube that you might want to use to reflect further on what we've talked about today. And then Thursday, we have home groups starting, well, continuing again, looking in Philemon, thinking about what it means to refresh each other practically. And then Sunday, next Sunday, 9.15 or 11.15 in the building. We'd love to have you back here again. It's been great to have uh, so many of you with us in person. Please just let us know what your plans are, if you haven't already, by email or by contact form on our website. And uh, the, the live stream service will be 11.15, as usual. Uh, thank you so much to all who have been with us uh, online, by live stream, or in the building, in person. Uh, let me close by reading some words from Ephesians chapter 3. Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. May that be our prayer for each other, that's our prayer for you, that you would have power to grasp this love and to live this love out to one another. Uh, you will be dismissed formally in a um, row by row. And just to say, please, uh, as a way of loving each other, please do stay seated until uh, we uh, ask you to go so that we're able to keep distancing as we leave. Don't be afraid to say hello on your way out. Bye-bye. Take care. Tears mercy.